Some old Greek guy said that an unexamined life isn't worth living. And that's probably true. But in the meantime, you're listening to the Thinking Hardly podcast. Hello? Hello? Can we start these the same way every time? Hello? Yeah, you're great. Yeah, we'll cut that part out. (laughs) Probably not. I'll do it. How you doing? I'm doing good. You're entering the busy phase, huh? Of work? Yeah, yeah. Definitely uh, missing the not working part. Yeah. That was a nice couple days. It's always hard to come back, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How's the weather there? Is it fall? For now. um, Apparently, on Thursday, it's supposed to be like low 80s again, but... Yeah, I mean, it was like 40s yesterday. Wow. Wow. Well, that's that's fall in Missouri, huh? Yeah, that's Missouri for you. Yeah. Well, things are good here. It's it's nice. It's, it's you know, maybe in the 70s during the day, and then it gets cold at night. So it's it's been good. We've had a fire every morning for the last few mornings. And um, so it's been good. It's been good. We're having yeah, a hard time getting... Nice. We're having a hard time getting the last batch of the grapes in because the ground is wet. And um, they were talking about hauling them all up by hand. And, I, you know, we have like, a, we have like an acre of, <clears throat> of these red grapes that are not worth very much. So the last time I checked last year and the, the revenue, not, not money, like not profit, but the revenue was less than 200 euro for that whole thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, we pay way more than that to have it, you know, picked. But if it has to be picked by hand and then hauled up by hand and, you know, so I don't behave to just to, you know, n- not worry about it. We'd figure out something else. We'll just go out yeah. there and eat grapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. He he says, well, it's such a waste. And it's like, man, you know, like. It's about a, waste a waste if we do anything about it, too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the sooner we've this, yeah, right. With those grapes, the sooner we find out that we're not going to pick them, the more money we can save. <laughs> yeah, talk, talk about a hobby. <laughs> Anyways, normally we have people here, you know, during the year. And so it's it's a lot of fun. But um, it's just the two of us and Gina's shoulder is still bugging. How's your shoulder, by the way? Did you get, get past that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like... It was just my side. I slept on it wrong, so I'm yeah, fine. Okay. Yeah, you're young. Okay. Well, I know this is a work day, so I only have a little bit of your time. So let's dive in. All right. Anything in particular that you want to talk about that's happened since Sunday? That would be like yesterday. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm between to, Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything big. Uh, I feel like there was... Um, most of Twitter has both just been talking about that New York uh, Times guy that uh, was exposing himself on a Zoom call. Uh, the, uh, let's see. I think it's. I think it's. It's not New York. Maybe it's Times. New Yorker. I think it's, the, I think it's the New Yorker and CNN. Yeah, we'll get to. Well, we can talk about that now. That's fine. That's Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why the older you know, white men that run into this problem always have such creepy last names, but <laughs> maybe, 
maybe they're all maybe they're just maybe maybe last names are often creepy and they just in in retrospect sound creepy but i mean that just like i don't know what tubin doesn't sound too good to me yeah i mean he was definitely tubin right there (laughs) (laughs) i was wondering if maybe maybe he's thinking about like what i don't know i mean i read i didn't want to read it and then i then then i then i wanted to read it and i admitted that i wanted to read it i don't know what he was thinking i mean it's not like he was when I first got the when I first read the headline, I do probably what most men do, which we shouldn't do, was to try to come up with some explanation for what you know. It's like, oh well, maybe he went for a run, and uh, <laughs> his, his, his clothes were sweaty, and he it was between calls or something. He thought it was off, and he'd like you know change it because I because when I first read it, it didn't have any details, but apparently there was a lot more than just nudity involved. Yeah, yeah, so. I will say, you know, obviously I don't know that much about it. Um, I would probably file this under old people failing to use technology correctly. Uh, Not that it was like an innocent act, but from what I've heard, it sounds like he is so incompetent that he thought he was leaving a call and joining another call and he didn't Uh do that. (laughs) (laughs) He joined another call, all right. I don't know. He said... He said he thought it was muted. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I don't think um, you understand that word. Yeah, will be the when we see the video, we'll be the judge of whether it was muted or not. I don't. It's like I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Men are weird, and old <laughs> men are really weird. You know, I, I just. The, I mean, the details I read was that he like point. He changed the angle of the camera to point. You know, yeah, in the business, in the business district. You well, know what I'm talking the central business district. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, weird. I don't know if I have very much to say about Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah, uh, it's just a last name. I mean, I know I keep saying that, but you know, maybe he'll maybe he'll start some kind of rating system for adult films or whatever. You know, give it like four Tubins. <laughs> yeah, the Tubin system. <laughs> yeah, the Tubin. I, yeah. yeah. Well, I will say he's got a great last name. And I enjoy yeah. saying it quite a bit. Yeah. Well, we'll just, we'll try to sneak that in everyone. You know what, <laughs> what's painful is if, is if a film got four and a half tubins. I mean, it's a half tube and it's really a problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems like that's Ouch. not that big of a, you know, measurement. Just. <laughs> I'm such a 14 year old boy. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Trump versus Biden. That's always good for uh, some yucks. So this week is the last, uh, the second and final uh, presidential debate. Yeah. You know, that's another one. I feel like there's not much to say. Yeah. Well, they're going to. So Trump is upset about about a couple of things. He said he's going to he's going to still participate, but the the Commission on Presidential Debates made uh well it made one change and then i think you know trump was expecting something else and it didn't it didn't pan out so the change they made was that um they will be muting each opponent's microphone as the as their how do i say this when biden is answering a question from the moderator he gets two minutes trump's microphone will be muted during those two minutes and then they'll open it up for rebuttal and argument and everything. And the same thing when, when the moderator asks Trump a question, two minutes, uh, he gets the mic and Biden can't talk. 
So that's one thing. And he, he said he didn't, he wasn't, he was not happy about that. And he also, I think, assumed that this debate was going to all be about foreign policy, which is not atypical for these debates. But since the first one kind of got trampled and the second one got canceled, uh, at any rate, they're doing like six different topics, you know, one of which is uh, coronavirus, which I don't think he really wants to talk about. I mean, he wants to talk about it, but not in a in, not in any kind of rational format. Yeah, it sucks because it's like I think I think really the thing that is the hardest thing here is that basically Trump being there legitimizes all of the. It, it makes it so that you can never get far enough in the conversation to bring up any of the actual problems with the democratic policies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it makes them look a lot stronger when like you can never even get to uh, like, there's a big, I guess it, it's not really an opportunity for the Republicans cause they don't want to do anything about it either. But I think something that's causing a lot of tension is the insistence on the lockdowns without any sort of like support. Oh, which is financial support. Yeah. Which basically means that, I mean, everything's still kind of on business to adapt to this. And if they decide the best way to adapt to it is just cutting their workforce, that's going to leave a lot of people who now are like looking for work and being told, well, you can't go outside. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's, it, it's it's an incomplete strategy. It's it it's it is that is completely true. I don't know what how else to say it, but that's right. It's not coherent and it's not comprehensive. Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, it's still better than, you know, than the alternative, but like I think that's how it's kind of a microcosm of everything, you know? Yeah. It's like there's these two parties that neither of them really work but the fact that the other one works less in the their supporters' eyes is like their saving grace. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not counting on a lot of insight. You know, because Biden will be. I. You know. I don't know. No, nobody. You know. I mean, this, yeah. At I this mean, point, this, I mean, at this point, it really is all about whether you want Trump or not, right? I mean, for a lot of people. For a lot of people, Biden's Biden's you know most positive characteristic is that he's not Trump, and that's no small thing. I mean, if you if you're worried about you know if you're worried about what Trump could get us into, but we're not going to get into a lot of depth here. I mean, what did you, I mean? Do you think there was more of that in the primaries? Sort of. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, it's not even it's kind of not even worth having the conversation about things that are are really like of deep value right now because there's no route to get there. And in the primaries, it at least felt like, Oh, well, there's a lot of different ways we could go. So you can have a meaningful conversation on stuff, even if a lot of people are lying during it. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that still felt like a crossroads and now there's no crossroads really, unless you just don't care about anything other than Trump you know, and getting him out of office. Yeah. Well, like, I think, I think, I think it benefits everyone in politics to keep all questions as short term as possible. Oh, such a mess.
I mean, that's really, I don't know if that's true. I think it is true, but it's not, that's yeah, not great. Obviously. Yeah, it's, it's not great for anyone, but the parties themselves. I mean, I think the Republican parties have a path to get to what they want, right? Well, yeah, but not their voters. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, is, I see what you mean. Like, yeah, the parties are the only ones that can do anything, really. I get it. I, I now I'm, I'm now I'm tracking. So no, I'm that's tracking. why I don't really care about the debates either. It's it's like, well, what are they going to talk about there? Like, they've already basically all the statements that we need to know have been made. For sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, uh, people who want Biden to go down are going to be looking for a gaffe, and. Um, and I don't know. I mean, people who want Trump to go down are going to be hoping that there isn't a gaffe or that, well, Trump, <laughs> you know, or that Trump comes unglued. Yeah, it's it's really that both of them are looking for the other side to mess up and they're both ignoring the obvious mess ups of their own side. Like it, it it's just really hard because it's really so mirrored at this point in terms of like. Biden is a person that you can make all these very valid criticisms of and it gets neutralized by the fact that like, well, we can't think about that. Well, I mean, it gets neutral for some of us. It gets neutralized by the fact that he's not Trump. And, and, you know, I, I know I'm just project probably just projecting, but I, I really am concerned about his lack of management skills over the next four years. Now, maybe, maybe this is maybe the, the coronavirus, the pandemic, that's our, you know, one in 25 years, one in 50 years. We're not going to have that again. There's not going to be a crisis that requires some sort of, you know, coordinated, managed response. We, he could have done, I don't know. I mean, we can talk about this another time, but we're like ninth in the country, ninth in the world in terms of, we're the ninth from the top in terms of, uh, per capita deaths from coronavirus. So, I mean, there's like eight countries on the planet that are worse than us. You could throw a dart at almost, you know, the globe and somebody would do better. And it's not like all these countries have been doing the same thing. They've all been, you know, there's like different strategies for all this, but they're mostly coordinated. I mean, they're mostly coherent. Um, And so it seems to me like the big problem in the U.S., and this may not be all of Trump's, this may not be, you know, solely Trump's fault, is that we didn't really have a coherent response. It was this kind of, you know, reactive, short-term, you know, the administration was talking out of both sides of its mouth and out of other orifices also, <laughs> you know, so, so I'm concerned. Fair about, enough. I'm concerned about the lack of inability to manage a large, complicated, you know, problem separate from politics. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I think, I just think a lot of this is kind of based on your perception of how, competent these institutions really are because to me putting biden in and having him do something i think yes it would have had a positive impact but the the poison is way too deep to just have a guy have a coherent plan because you know sheriffs not going to enforce those rules a lot of these localities not going to enforce those rules i think if if you put biden in there that might even just make them more likely to just dig in and say, no, we're not going to do anything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could, the surprising thing is that, you know, Italy goes through 
you know, governments, the way I go through, no, wait a minute. I don't go through underwear very fast. That's not a good, that's not a good comparison. Uh, uh, you know, they have, a, they have, I don't know how many, they've had a, basically a government every year, every 18 months since World War II. I mean, they go through them all the time. So to think that, that Italy was going to, and, and right now they've got this coalition government that's between the sort of not anarchist, but anti-establishment and a right wing sort of group. I mean, it's a weird, weird coalition, but they, everybody sort of got their shoulder behind the same thing. And there's definitely problems, but you don't have to, I mean, you don't have to get every sheriff in the country aligned to do better than what's happened. That's my thinking. No, and, I mean, not at all. I think um, the, I think the, you know, the, the, the soft underbelly of that argument is that uh, I'm, you know, I'm arguing for a good manager in case we have another, you know, crisis, which I'm not, I'm not sure is in the cards over the next four years. I, I could, I could understand somebody saying I get all that, but I like, I like the policy a lot better and I'm willing to take that chance. Yeah. I don't know. I think Italy is an interesting case because it's a case where the people giving those orders were generally people that like those, the people that I would be worried wouldn't want to follow the stuff like, you know, like it's, it's an anti-establishment guy and a right wing guy. And if Trump said that stuff here, I think we would have gotten great. Like, I think they would have just followed right along. But if it were Joe Biden, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, well, we're not going to, we're, you know, we're not really going to know. I mean, I think it's pretty damning. Yeah. I, I do think it's damning that we're the ninth highest in the world. I mean, if we were in the middle, I would be, you know, I would be more persuaded by that argument. But it's hard to be ninth. I mean, you know, there's a lot of countries that did better than us, including some of the, you know, the countries that Trump called. Yeah, well, mouth, I, you know, like. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not even trying to dispute the fact that we did bad. I think just my perception of it is that America is pretty rotten at this point. Like most of the way that this stuff works is on very shaky foundations. So I think it just goes deeper than what you're saying. I definitely think Biden being in would help in terms of that. But again, it's, it's kind of the same thing as the whole election where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, kind of, but like, it's just, we're continuing this downward trajectory, no matter who's the manager. I, I get that. I understand your argument. I, I, I do. I'm turning into, you know, I don't know what you're doing to me. It's some kind of Jedi mind trick that you're pulling on me. But <laughs> Here, let's listen to this. Okay. Let's listen to this. This is, this is, you want to hear Trump talking about, now yeah, let's hear it. This is Trump making fun of Biden because he listens to scientists. If you vote for Biden, he will surrender your jobs to China. He will surrender your future to the virus. He's going to lock down. This guy wants to lock down. He'll listen to the scientists. If I listened totally to the scientists, we would right now have a country that would be in a massive depression instead of we're like a rocket ship take a look at the numbers we're like a rocket ship i don't know yeah. what planet i don't know what planet we're going to but we're like a rocket ship yeah. i don't so, really know if that's borne out uh <laughs> um i mean again that's the i mean i think that's also kind of a misdirect 
Because, like, if you look at the economy and then define it as, like, you know, I mean, like, I don't know. If you look at how people are actually doing and then look at, like, the stock market, you get a pretty big disparity. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think that's how Republicans work. Well, I think he's going after two. It's masterful because I think he's actually going after two different audiences that are, you know, pretty substantially different. So one is, you know, the elitist pointy-headed poindexters who are scientists, you know, what do they know? And then it's the, you know, it's the Wall Street boys. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Here, let's, here's another one from Trump. I just like this one. We talked about this before. One thing with me, the nice part, I went through it. Now they say I'm immune. I can feel, I feel so powerful. I'll walk into that audience. I'll walk in there. I'll kiss everyone in that audience. I'll kiss the guys and the beautiful women and the, um, everybody. I'll just give you a big fat kiss. <laughs> he sounds a little drunk. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. This is, he's like kind of been, he's been feeling himself a little bit. And he's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like He's pulling a tubing. <laughs> well, let's, that's Jesus not what you Christ. meant. Um, that's not what you meant. No, not what I meant at all. Oh my God, that's a terrible. <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, like honestly, that's been like my favorite thing of the past like month is like Trump is saying fun stuff again. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, it just you, took you know remdesivir and 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 being shot up with steroids and you know yeah some yeah, monoclonal. Then, I don't know what the Eli Lilly thing is. Yeah. <laughs> polyclonal monoclonal monoclonal antibody i don't know yeah yeah but yeah trump, trump is dancing to to you know the hits of the village people mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean he's 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 firing on all cylinders that's for sure yeah man and i i think he's having an, like a, a rally event like every day from here to the election at least the guy's impressive. I mean, I'll give you that. He's not. He's not. You know, calling it in. I mean, it's a little late, but I guess well, he likes this stuff. He, he was phoning it in for a long time. I feel yeah. like 2017 was like the last time I felt like you know just excited or not even excited. Just it was like fun to yeah. to pay attention to what Trump was doing. Well, he likes these rallies, and I think it's a way of, you know, the marketing people always say, you know, show, don't tell. In other words, you know, don't, you don't, you like show. You don't, you want to, and I guess the writers do this too. You don't want to explain everything, right? You want, you want people to see it, to feel it, not just with words. And so these rallies, I think, are his way of saying, don't be afraid of the coronavirus. We can all, you know, we can all get together and, you know, big groups, no masks, yelling, you know, yeah, I'm just going to give all you old people this thing, and then we can all be walking around, you yeah. know, as by old people that love the village people. Yeah, he's going to go around and kiss people and and do the village people. I don't know. The guy's got some kind of weird something going on. You know, the doctor that so he said he you know he doesn't trust scientists. He's got he's got this guy, Doctor Atlas. I mean, these names are incredible. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? I'm looking that up right now. I I had not heard of Dr. Atlas. Oh yeah, Dr. Atlas. He's from he's from a conservative think tank, the Hoover Institute at Stanford. He's like a, a neurosurgeon or neurologist. He doesn't really, you know, 
viruses are not his 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 thing, but he's got a lot of uh, <laughs> he's got some policies or some ideas that Trump likes and a last name. I mean, you know. Yeah, he looks know. like he's he looks like he's like a, a like in a comic book. He looks like one of those, um, you know, just like a government official in a comic book. Yeah, central casting. That's what that's what Trump likes. Okay, we're home stretch. Listen to the I, I, so check out this is Ben Shapiro. I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a he's a young whippersnapper. You know, he's a go getter. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, a lot of energy. Here he is. He's talking about why he's voting for Trump in 2020. Didn't vote for him in 2016. I did not vote for Donald Trump in 2016. I am voting for Donald Trump in 2020. There are three reasons I'm going to vote for Donald Trump in 2020 when I didn't four years ago. First, I was simply wrong about Donald Trump on policy. Second, I wasn't really wrong about Donald Trump on character, but whatever damage he was going to do has already been done, and it's not going to help if I don't vote for him this time. And third, most importantly, the Democrats have lost their f***ing minds. <laughs> he sounds like he's inhaled helium. Yeah, I, oh man, it's, I hope you like heard this guy before. He's like a, he's like an old school fun to make fun of conservative. Cause like he, you know, know. he sounds like James Cagney or something. He sounds like, I don't know the thing. I mean, yeah, I can almost hear like the wheels of his roller backpack. (laughs) Uh, I was thinking way older. Yeah. yeah, Your old school (laughs) and my old school don't even overlap. I'm not even thinking old school. I'm just thinking of him in high school. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. I mean, you know, like he probably wore suits every day. Um, Yeah. We had one of those in my school. I don't think he was like Ben Shapiro, though. Uh, this guy's intense. Yeah, Ben, I mean, he's got a great voice, very fun to, to imitate, um, mm. especially because he's got that, like, clipped kind of cadence, so you can, like, think of, you know, you could just, like, I don't know, you could freestyle with Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's it funny because he's like a, he's like a, he's like a paleocon that just like implanted his mind into a younger body. Yeah, exactly right. And I, I love that he speaks so quickly. I mean, you can you can you can listen to a lot of Ben Shapiro in just a short amount of time. He sounds like he's on fast forward. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he's try great. To, I'm going to slow him down. I'm going to I'm going to take a clip and slow him down and see what he sounds like. His voice will be lower and he'll be speaking more slowly. But I like that. <laughs> One last quote. And we'll we'll wrap it up. This is this is him talking about the beauty, uh, the the mastery, the the genius of Donald Trump. Like I've been very very clear on my feelings about Donald Trump's character. I have serious reservations, to say the least. Trump has some good qualities, right? He's a hammer in search of a nail. Sometimes he hits a nail; it's super satisfying. And sometimes he hits a baby, and it is far less satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he would pick that. Why would he pick hitting a baby? I mean, I think there's there's something to be said about the fact that, like, I yeah. was surprised by the fact that that he actually, I kind of believe him a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I think he really is like a mixture of the never Trumpers and the new guys. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I don't even think that's a completely wrong thing to say there. Like, yeah, I think, no. I think it's a really weird um, metaphor because I would not describe him as a hammer in search of a nail at all. No. Uh, 
but the hit and miss kind of thing with Trump, I think is absolutely true. And there have definitely been some things that are like, well, this guy is definitely bad, but like, you know, this is not as bad as if like a normal Republican were in that seat. I think, I've had that thought several times. I think you're right. I think if you're a, you know, an old school, I know we've said old school like 15 times, old school conservative, you know, financially, economically conservative and socially conservative, like the, you know, like conservative, then there's, you know, there's stuff in Trump that you find abhorrent and then stuff in, in what he's done that's been great. And it's, and, but, but it's not, it's not easily divisible. Like, you know, he's, he's spending a lot of money and I bet that Shapiro is not particularly happy about, you know, running up the deficit. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of think most so of the, is right, but he I called think, it, it, it was more like hit and hit. It was, you know, he was hitting things, always yeah, hitting. Yeah, the wrong problem. <laughs> I think that's even a better part of, yeah, of might that be. uh, yeah. analogy because he is always like doing – he's always taking some action. Yeah, uh, and it's landing somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I think – Yeah, kudos I think to Ben Shapiro. That, I think the thing that, that made the, or the Republicans and the old school conservatives scared of Trump is that – they were worried that he was touching all these third rails that would like destroy their ability to govern. And right. as they saw those not kill him, they were like, Oh, well then this is not a, pr actually this is great. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's a, I think the, the way that those people now talk about Trump is sort of a cover for that. Where it's like I, you know, I, I'm wagging my finger at Trump this whole time while he's doing everything that I want him to do. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah they it's, want to. They want it's to have like it. yeah. ultimate. I mean, they basically have what they're accusing Biden of being, which is like, you know, he appears to something that's like good for his base, but like he's really doing this shadowy stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. He managed. Shapiro goes on to talk about now his his third point about how they've lost their minds is really all about how, how Biden is going to go hard left, you know, a bunch of. Yeah. Bunch I mean, crazy, that's, that's crazy a hilarious. Talk. That that's my favorite part is because they really don't have any case when it comes to that. Yeah. So it just has to go into hysteria where like, yeah. Oh, well it's always, we're always five minutes from, you know, Bernie Sanders is going to bust down the doors and like shoot everyone with an AK-47 and take power. That's pretty much, you got it. That's pretty much what his argument was, that 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 Bernie is really pulling the strings and that, you know, that 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 this was all just to, you know, put a put a veneer on it that's going to be more acceptable and then, then the socialists are going to take over. I mean, that was basically. Yeah, and basically. I even think that's a, I think you could make a convincing narrative of that if you're not already in the Bernie camp, which yeah. is, I mean, you know, right. it already looks like something pretty shady happened during the primary, right? So all you have to do is say, well, no, they weren't actually sabotaging him. When Obama had that meeting with Bernie, that was him bringing him in. Yeah. So now they're all in the same, because they all, I mean, you know, people thought Obama's a socialist and it's like, that's so far from reality. Yeah. We're going to have a long wait to see Bernie, you know, <laughs> to see, well, I shouldn't say that. See Biden sitting on Bernie's lap in the White House. I mean, I, you know, it would be entertaining, but uh, not going to happen. Yeah, I, yeah, it's like I wish, but like, come on, man. I think you're overestimating the Democrats. Yeah. Um, 
but that's you know that's that's a good strategy for them yeah well there you go we've got a lot of audio today i kind of like that yeah yeah i mean that was that's my favorite clip of trump in like the past six months probably is that clip of him talking about how he's going to go down in the audience especially because it sounds like his brain is just like i know like lurching from one side to the other maybe we can get you and you and boo to work on maybe you can turn that into some sort of rap thing you know what i mean like sample it or something oh god yeah i don't know about that but i just i think i think it's it's perfect as it is. I don't need to mess with that. Oh, you don't want to do anything to it. Okay. Well, we'll just we'll just play it every once in a while. We're feeling blue. Things are getting a little Yeah, sad. I just need to have that on like a we need to have a soundboard. Um yeah. so that I can just, you know, I'll kiss all the guys. <laughs> I just Yeah. I love it. All right, son. <laughs> I know you gotta get back to work. I'm so sorry, but that's the way it is. Yep. <laughs> that's life. I'm glad you have a job. That's good. I'm glad you're an upstanding member of the community. Well, I'm glad you have a have a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not go too crazy here. Yeah. All right. I love you, son. It's well, always fun too. talking to you. You take care of yourself. I'm proud right, of you. I'll talk to you again this weekend. Okay, we'll talk on Sunday. I want to talk to you about the electoral college. I'm going to corner you and try to get a guess on who will win and by what margin the popular vote and uh, and who will win and by what margin on the in the electoral college? That's your oh, Sunday. Boy. That's your Sunday homework. It has to be a guess. I mean, it's, yeah, well, no, no, no. I'll have to go in my. Part. Well, we'll have to see how wonky I can get. Okay. All right. <laughs> Put on your little Poindexter hat. Yeah, I'll I'll, 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 I'll get some thicker you. glasses, some thicker rimmed glasses for that day. All right, you take care. I love you. All right, love you too. Talk talk to you on Sunday. All right, bye. Bye-bye.